going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. I want to start off today's program by paying my respects to Peter Watts. As you all know, Peter passed away on Friday. We want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who have reached out. And unfortunately, I was away on Friday and I didn't didn't get a a chance to chat with you for a minute about Peter from my perspective. Having been here at 770 since 2010 and being news director for five years prior to taking over as host here at Calgary Today... Peter and I built up what I would classify as a pretty strong relationship, both as colleagues and as friends. Every week, he would come to my desk for thoughts on potential topics for his show. Being the resident farm kid, he liked to pick my brain about what some of the rural issues were. But quickly, those conversations would quickly go off track. They would usually go right into the world of sports. I honestly have no idea how he managed to get to as much as he did. It wasn't just going to the Flames. It wasn't just going to the Stamps. But he was there for junior hockey with the Hitmen. He was there for lacrosse with the Roughnecks. He was there for university sports, in particular the Dinos football team. You name it, Peter was there. It was absolutely incredible to watch. I'd always ask him if he ever planned on taking a weekend off or a night off, and he'd throw it right back at me knowing what my schedule was like as being a host. The thing that really stuck out most for me about Peter is how he truly cared about what you had to say. He'd ask you a question about something you mentioned in passing three months ago like it was only yesterday. He had a great sense of knowing when you were feeling great or when you were feeling off, and he did his best to either keep the energy rolling Or try to change it so you could walk away from that conversation feeling just a little bit better. I don't know a single person with anyone, anything bad to say about Peter. And I think that's a great testament to the kind of person Peter really was. Hosting yesterday's Hitman game at the Dome, no less than 15 people came up to me at different points during the game. Even before they had the pregame condolences there. I had a bunch of people different uh, coming up to me and sharing their stories about what Peter meant to them, whether it was by listening to the Alberta Morning News or by watching him on TV back in the day or whatever the case may have been, even being around the dome just there for a chat. He made a serious and positive impact on our community. It was truly amazing to listen to the stories from those people, many of them complete strangers, Because it really goes to show what kind of legacy he's leaving behind. Peter, thank you for everything. Those chats that I know I I said it uh, last week, but I want to reiterate it. Those chats that sometimes I walked away going, man, that's an hour of my day. I was kind of hoping to get something accomplished. I would do anything to have one of those conversations back. Not only were you a fantastic broadcaster, Peter, but you were an even better human being. We will miss you for that. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Whenever a conversation wrapped up with Peter, one of the first things he'd say, or one of the last things he'd say, pardon me, would be, well, time to make myself useful. So time to make myself useful when it comes to being on the radio. And right off the bat, we are going to talk customer relations. This is a fun one. I've got a couple of examples, which is really... It made me think about this. I'm going to open up the phone lines, 403-974-8255, if you want to weigh in on the topic at hand, which is 
What about those impossible customers? Whether it's at a restaurant or a convenience store or whatever the case may be, have we become that disenfranchised with basic human decency that we can't really even treat people with a little bit of respect, even when they're trying to do their job? I'll give you a couple of examples, and then I want you to weigh in on when would you step in? Give that some thought. Also through the course of the show today, I call it the Stony Speedway, Stony Trail. Now, Strathcona RCMP recently released a list of people who had been convicted or had pleaded guilty or whatever the case may have been to traffic fines in that in their area. 174 in a 100 zone is, was one example. 112 in a 50 zone, I think, was another one. But Stony Speedway, I take it every single day and... I would argue at least once per drive, I'm being passed by somebody who's doing at least a buck 40. Sergeant Colin Foster from the Calgary Police Service will join us after four o'clock to talk about what he sees on the front lines and the issues that arise from going at speeds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a wild stab in the dark and say the, the fastest that they have clocked someone will be close to double the 100 speed limit. I'm just I'm taking a wild stab in the dark, but we'll get that official uh, number from Sergeant Colin Foster after four o'clock, and we'll stick with the uh, the vehicle theme right afterwards. Brian Turner will join us for Motor Monday. We'll talk a little politics. It's been it's, it's been another weekend, and I might have stirred the pot on both sides of the political spectrum over the weekend. Uh, thanks to Twitter again. I had to laugh listening to Rob a little bit earlier on in the show about how uh, Sandra Jansen's even quit Twitter. I'm not surprised at all. I think the vast majority of people are starting to phase out Twitter because of how crazy it's been. But we're going to talk a little bit more about this political landscape and also the political discourse. Michael Corrin wrote an op-ed that is getting a little bit of traction. uh, And I wanted to get his take on how he's been actually uh, been the focus of some particularly nasty tweets. And it goes to the thought of... I could tweet a picture of a penguin riding a seal and someone would make it vicious. I don't get it. So we'll talk to Michael Korn about his piece and where we stand now. Have we reached a low here in Canada or is are we just going further and further down that uh, divide? Also, Blue Monday today, uh, it is thought of as being more of a myth than anything. But it does open up the conversation about mental health, depression, that kind of thing. Kathy Keogh from the Calgary Counseling Center will join us after 5.30. And as part of my uh, trend towards trying to add a little bit of positivity into the world, a great uh, collaboration headed up by Asha Hollis at the University of Calgary in hopes of providing some medical technology to those who can't afford it. And she's a, a great case of someone who has come, uh, her family came from uh, another country and Sri Lanka in particular, I do believe. And she has made it her mission to make sure that people in her home country and others can get some of the benefits from the things that are being developed here in Canada. So we'll chat with Asha uh, near the end of the show today. All right. Now, let's get to this topic du jour of the day, and it has to do with customer service. And we talk about tipping all the time and what's the right tip and that kind of thing. But at what point do we take a stand against those unruly customers who feel entitled to have everything catered to them 
to a T. Case in point, over the weekend, Erin and I went out to Banff for, for a nice little night out. She had uh, organized a whole, let's go out and go get a hotel room and let's go visit some sites and that kind of thing uh, for a Christmas present. We're all about experiences and that's uh, one of the things that we wanted to do. So this weekend, she, we got out and we actually saw the, uh, the ice sculptures out at Lake Louise, which were fantastic. But on Saturday night, went out to one of the local establishments in Banff and young lady who's uh, waiting our area, doing a fantastic job. I, I was really impressed with her, to be honest. And the table kind of two over from us, older gent, Loud gent, loud enough for everyone in the section to kind of hear about how dissatisfied he was with the food that he had gotten. And it's one thing to just say, hey, listen, like this doesn't taste very good or this isn't, you know, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Can you take it back? He made a point of degrading this poor waitress and just being downright rude about it. This is the worst thing ever. I can't believe you'd even think about serving this. First off, she didn't make it. <laughs> I don't, maybe you're confused on the whole aspect of how a restaurant works, but he didn't seem to understand that You know, she's not the one that was back there cooking. But besides the point, no need to degrade and say you're doing a horrible job, as, as he so said. And how, and then, so it got to the point where I'm not afraid of speaking my mind on these issues. That's where I want you to weigh in. 403-974-8255. Where do you step in on that? Or do you? Is it your place to actually step in? I stood, I was about to stand up. Aaron looked at me like, don't stand up. Don't do this. Don't, don't cause a scene. Rightfully so. Uh, as I looked, turned around, I noticed that the, the manager was heading over. I could tell that she was uncomfortable afterwards. And I listened kind of eavesdropping on the conversation that the manager and, and the guy had. He continued to be very dismissive of the whole. And, and what was weird to me about the whole thing was he said, oh, I've been here three times in the last five days. And I haven't seen service like this from you guys yet. This is this is awful. This is horrendous. And if it's that bad, leave. Like, I really wanted to say something, but I didn't because the manager was there. It was beyond my point. But Aaron and I did say something to the waitress after and said, you're doing a good job. And, and hopefully you didn't take what he said seriously. She said it's a wa- water off a duck's back. Secondary point to this, this isn't the first time in the last couple of weeks this has happened. I was over at a convenience store here uh, just along 17th Ave over the last couple of days. And... Similar situation, there was some sort of communication gap between the customer and the the convenience store clerk. And somehow along the line just starts railing on uh, the, 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 the ethnicity of the woman. And, oh, it's no wonder you guys can't get jobs here. What? Ew. I get being frustrated. I get, you know, being inconvenienced by things. But at what point do you... And I, I said to the guy, I actually, is, is this really the time and place in the hill to die on when it comes to what you think is right? It was all over a $5 scratch and win ticket. Give me a break. On the flip side, I hope that we're really showing off, you know, when, when, when you do have that great service or that great meal, I hope that we're, we're at, you know, screaming from the rooftops about how good 
some of our restaurants and bars are here uh, and, and convenience stores, that kind of thing. We've got some great workers. 403-974-8255. When do you step in or do you step in or do you remember a time when you wish you would have stepped in? Love to hear your thoughts. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Brenda. Brenda, what, uh, what are you thinking on this topic? I want to tell you about the great customer service I got on Saturday night. They made a mistake. I didn't really make any waves. I just politely said that this is not what I ordered, and they all remembered because I ordered first. Mm-hmm. It, can I give the name of the place? It was fabulous. Absolutely. It, Which one was it? It was Boston Pizza at South Trail Crossing. So what happened is I ordered a flatbread. Mm-hmm. They gave me the wrong kind. I was with my three nephews. Uh, well, my nephew and his two two kids, okay? Yep. So anyway, they said they take $10 off the bill. And uh, one gentleman came out after and said he'd take $10 off the bill. And we just smiled and said, thank you. They were super busy, by the way. Right. And another gentleman came over and he said, I'm really, really sorry. He said, he said I want to give you some dessert. So I didn't really want dessert, but I knew the younger kid would definitely have it. <laughs> I said I'd have apple crumble. It had ice cream. They brought out a bowl that was big enough for the four of us. Wow. See that? And That's a great story. Isn't it? And all I, so it, you get way more with honey than you do with vinegar. I couldn't agree more with that last point, Brenda. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. It is amazing how you, and that's a great story in terms of, hey, you don't have to make waves to get what you want. All you had to, all the guy had to do was listen. This isn't what I had in mind. Restaurants aren't going to actually. And, and truth be told, that night, Erin uh, had ordered a drink and she ha- took a sip and was like, ah, "Not quite what I wanted." And our waitress was right there. Hey, we can. I'll take it back. Not a problem at all. So you don't have to cause this big wave. And the other weird, crazy part about it was, guy wasn't there alone. He had a, a younger gent. I'm thinking maybe the his son. And son's girlfriend, perhaps, with him. Like, imagine what kind of precedent you're setting with your family there. It's crazy. Continue with your calls. If What do you think? Do you, when you hear an obnoxious or an overly belligerent customer, do you stand in? Do you say something? Or do you take a step back and go, listen, we'll let, I'll let management deal with this. 403-974-8255. More of your calls next. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. A lot of texts coming in, 403-974-8255. When it comes to belligerent customers, as you're sitting in a restaurant and you look over and the guys or gals are being obnoxious, being rude to the workers, do you step in? Do you say something? Is there a point where you need to say something or do you just stand by and let management deal with it? One texter saying, people have become self-centered and don't seem to care about if a person is struggling to meet their demands. We now identify by who we voted for in the election and not about the person we should be. We're starting to lose our humanity. It's time to take a step back and go back to our core values. I agree. Basic human decency would be a good one. Let's go back to the phone lines again. 403-974-8255. Ray, what do you think about this particular topic? Well, I think it's a, a, a really interesting topic for some people. Like uh, we've got people who are really belligerent in in retail, but I also face it a slightly different way, Joe. Mm-hmm. I am a courier. I, I deliver parcels and things like that. Right. Um, sometimes uh, I've got people who are like uh, who are really. Well, this should have been here earlier hours. Hours. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not the regular driver. Would you like me to deliver this at the end of the day? 
Right. Uh, and uh, then that usually makes them think for a quick moment because, <laughs> uh, 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 and then uh, they usually uh, clean up their attitude right quick. But mm-hmm. if they don't, and I'm on the route the next day, I deliver their stuff at the end of the day. Well, and again, it goes back to that point that uh, the previous caller said is you get a lot more with honey than you do with vinegar. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I always shoot for the best customer service possible. It's just when you don't know an area, you do the best that you can with mm-hmm. what you got. That's all you can do at the end of the day. It's, it's you, we're, we're bound to make mistakes, right? Oh, yeah. We're only human. Or so we like to think sometimes. Ray, appreciate the call. Have a good day, bud. Yeah, you too. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, this is Carrie. Carrie, how would, what would you like to say about this topic? Yes, hi there. Um, I'm a chef. I've been in the industry for over 20-some-odd years, so I've seen my share of belligerent uh, customers. But I just wanted to say, you know, the, the people who work in the front of house, they, they work their butts off. And the stuff that they sometimes have to put up with is, is awful. But you'd be surprised how many people are in that industry by choice, not because they have to, because they don't have education. They do it because a lot of them are really passionate about customer service and relating to people. Mm -hmm. And I think that people really need to take a step back and understand that these are human beings and that they need to treat them with respect. Like you said, they aren't making the food. And oftentimes, if I've missed something on a a ticket, a modification, or, or just missed something, most of the time... The front, the front of house servers are taking the blame for it, uh, whether I ask them to or not. They, they just take the blame for it. Um, it's never their fault. It's almost always the back of house fault. So um, really understand that those are just the people you're seeing, and it's usually not their responsibility or their fault that your food isn't up to par. And on the flip side, the food might be perfectly fine. You might, you as a chef, might have done a great job with the meal. It just might not be up to their, their taste standards. So why, why lamb-based? It might be exactly what you said. It might just not have been what they were expecting, whatever it is. We're lucky enough at my restaurant that we have amazing customers. Our, our customer base is, is awesome, and our front-of-house servers are amazing. Um, so we have a great thing going on, but, um, but at the same time, they work their tails off. I mean, I can't tell you. It, if you think it looks like they're working hard, they're working twice as hard as it looks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so just really, I think people need to have more respect for people in the service industry. I like it's you. tough. I like that, Carrie. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks. We are running up against the clock here. Great calls, great conversation, something that I think we can continue to have because, again, on my mission to civilize, as I've so put it, uh, I think that there's room in the world to maybe take a step back when something just isn't quite right in your world. It could be a lot worse, trust me. So, you know, lay off. Realize that we're we're humans. We're bound to make mistakes. It's Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. I'm going to give you a bunch of numbers right now and tell me or let me think about whether you think something's amiss here. RCMP in Strathcona County outlining a few fines and suspensions for some excessive speeding recently. Driving 171 in a 100 zone, $1,500 fine and seven-day license suspension. Driving 187 in a 100 zone, $1,500 fine, six-day license suspension. 112K in a 50 zone, $1,500 $1,500 fine and seven-day suspension. 146 in a 70 zone, more than double. Uh, $1,500 fine and 60-day license suspension. Those are the four big ones that Strathcona RCMP pointed out. To which I thought to myself, man, I could swear there are people doing 160, 170, 180 on Stony. 
every day. I take that road every single day to get back home to Airdrie. And if you're doing the speed limit, you're getting past like you're standing still. That's the bottom line. So I was curious, what have Calgary police actually seen on that roadway? Sergeant Colin Foster joining us now on the program. Sergeant, thanks so much for joining us. No problems. When you look at some of the speeds that you hear about, um, it made me, at the very least, think, man, I wonder what kinds of things you guys see on a day-to-day basis. Here in the city limits, Stony Trail, as an example, I call it Stony Speedway because I take it every day, and it is insane, some of the speeds I see. But what are you guys noting? What are you guys pulling people over for? So um, speeding is a, one of the issues on a road like Stony. You've got a nice wide open roadway. Uh, for most part, it's fairly quiet. So we are getting some quite significant speeds. Um, I did a bit of a straw poll with my colleagues here today. And I've been given examples of in excess of 180 kilometers per hour. Wow. Um, the one that really concerned me was one guy who was doing 185 who was a learner and he did not have anybody with him, um, not following all the rules, obviously, and that is a huge concern for me. Well, and it, I know that it's all kind of open prairie in a sense. You're not really looking at uh, a lot of impediments, that kind of thing, but doing that, those kinds of speeds in a what is a 100 zone mm-hmm. isn't the safest, You're not, and not just for you know yourself, but also the people around you. Absolutely. I mean, if, if something goes wrong... Um, the results are catastrophic. Um, when those sort of speeds, um, looking at the report that my colleagues from the RCMP did, and I agree with those 100%, you know, you, it takes you longer to stop. It takes you longer to react to something in terms of the distance you're going to cover. Um, and if you lose control of a vehicle at these sort of speeds, 170, 180, 200 kilometers an hour, it's likely you're going to end up with somebody being dead. Is it just a matter of people racing others or are they just trying to get the the adrenaline pumping? Like what seems to be a a common factor or is there a common factor to the reasons why people are going at these excessive speeds? There's all sorts of excuses and we get the excuses for everything. Um, I need the bathroom. I need to get to a meeting. Um, I'm late for work. Um, I've got to get my kids to hockey, whatever it may be. in the circumstances we've had on Stony, we've, we've run through all of those excuses, and they are excuses. Um, people are trying to justify why they are speeding, and there is no excuse for it. The speed limit is there for a reason. It's a limit. It's not a target. It's not something that you want to get the high score on. Um, but if you are going to exceed the speed limit, you're going to get yourself to our attention. We're going to stop you, and we're going to give you a ticket for it. One of the things that I took away from reading that RCMP release, and it was the penalties involved, and it seemed low to me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too much of a, a keener, maybe, but it felt as though there needs to be some more bite to the bark. Would the CPS agree with that? So I'm not speaking on behalf of the CPS in that mm-hmm. regard, but certainly speaking for myself. Um, When you start looking at 50 kilometers an hour above the speed limit, that's going to be an automatic appearance in court. And the judge can take your license away for quite some time. They are able to look at the the top end of the fine, which I believe is, excuse me, which I believe is $2,000. And I think it's three months suspension of your license. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, what you can be charged with is criminal dangerous driving. And now we're talking about prison time. Now, it doesn't happen often. But it has happened. So if we think that the circumstances warrant it, 
like you're weaving in and out of traffic, um, you're causing other drivers to swerve out of the way because of what you are doing, then you'd be looking at criminal co-charge. That's prison time, potentially. The other question that always comes up around Stony Trail is it's a 100 zone. And why isn't it 110? Can you provide any background on this? Because I assume you guys were involved in sort of the, the planning of the roadway and, and that kind of thing and uh, assessing the situation. So the roads are actually designed by the province. Um, this is a road that's maintained by the province itself, not us. Okay. Um, or when I say us, the city. Mm-hmm. So um, the city, sorry, the province has decided that the 100 kilometer an hour speed limit is applicable for that particular roadway. Um, now, the roads are designed for a certain speed. Um, the minute you start excessively uh, going above that speed is when you're going to start coming into problems. Um, you know, if, if, if you look at a racetrack, that is swept, it's cleaned, it's um, perfect in terms of a drying, driving surface. Whereas a road like Stony Trail, the reason why it's 100 kilometers now because of all the heavy traffic that goes down it, the amount of traffic that actually uses it, and that's going to degrade the roadway. So when you start getting into those higher speeds, you're starting to get yourselves into a situation where you're going to have um, instability of your vehicle that you're not able to keep control of. Mm-hmm. Now, when the road is first laid and it's brand new, then, yeah, maybe it is safe, <clears throat> in inverted commas, to do those sort of speeds. But the minute you start putting heavy traffic down there and all the rest of it, the road starts to degrade so much, it becomes dangerous to go above the design speed of 100 kilometers an hour. Yeah, I think that might be one of the things that might be overlooked by some drivers is if you're doing 180 down Stony and you hit a pothole, you're going airborne real quick. Absolutely, and I've seen it. Um, I've seen lots of horrible things in my 30-odd years of being a police officer. And roads are designed for one thing, and that's to get you from A to B at the speed limit, and in this case being 100 kilometers an hour. The minute you start exceeding your abilities, the abilities of your vehicle, and more importantly, the abilities of the road, that's when you're going to have those crashes. One of the things that one of your uh, colleagues back, way back in the day, Jim Lebedeff used to tell me is, I don't know what everybody's in a rush to get there yesterday for. Just turn on the music a little bit, go the speed limit, you're going to get there in a couple of minutes slower, big deal. So it's amazing what people will do. It is, it is, but... That keeps us something to, it gives us something to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for the time. As always, a uh, pleasure to chat. No problem. Have a good day. Sergeant Colin Foster, the Calgary Police Service, the traffic unit uh, there, talking a little about the Stony Speedway and some of the issues that we're starting, that we're seeing on a daily basis. I think not just on Stony, but every roadway. If you actually, here's a social experiment that I do every so often just to see, just to get a gauge of it is if you actually do the speed limit, you put it on cruise at 100 or 80 or whatever the, the limit is and watch people zip by you. Going back to that trip out to the mountains over the weekend, uh, you do the 90 when you're going past Ban- uh, the, the entrance into Banff National Park. If you're doing 90, you're going to get past like you're standing still too. Always in a rush to get there yesterday. I just don't understand it. It's Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Fascinating how when you try to have the best of intentions, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but Jason Kenny taking to Twitter today, speaking of that story that Haley had in the major news at 5 o'clock, 
tweets, thank you to Minister Sandra Jansen for her public service. People in public life make a lot of sacrifices, and Ms. Jansen has worked hard as an MLA and minister. Best, wish, uh, best wishes as she completes her term and in the future. To which the response, not overly shocking. There's a few who are saying, hey, thanks for taking the high road. And then the others are, see a rat. Rats leaving. And it's no wonder that people don't want to enter politics. Like, the, the, If you think of it from a basic, uh, decent human perspective, why would you? You get to deal with some of this garbage that you get to deal with on social media all the time. I've always said, I've, I've been thinking lately, if Twitter just disappeared one day, that'd be great. On that note, though, Michael Corrin wrote an op-ed just in the last couple of days here after he was targeted in a set of tweets by someone who just disagreed with him, calling him all kinds of names, including that he was some sort of pedophile. It was ridiculous. Michael joins us now on the program. Thanks so much for the time today, sir. My pleasure. The headline captured my attention. A new low has infected the body politic in Canada. What are you seeing as someone who uh, is watching this on a a day-to-day basis? Well... Social media has changed the way we communicate, and it does in a good and a bad way. Uh, the internet is the same, isn't it? It's exposed and enabled all sorts of things that are positive, but negative too. And Twitter in particular, less Facebook, but uh, certainly Twitter, it's immediacy. Uh, it, it's meant that you can hear from people who really want an interesting and intelligent dialogue, and of course people who approve of you and flatter you, and that's always nice. But also people who not only disagree, which is fine, disagreement is essential, but people who are abusive and insulting and libelous and dishonest. And I found, and I'm not, I mean, I've, I don't know, I've got about 20, you know, 25, 26,000 followers, so it's sort of, you know, mid-range, it's not huge, but um, the, the, the degree of abuse out there is really, it's not only bad, but it's getting worse. And it's one thing just to, to be a bit angry about someone, but to actually deliberately lie about them. Uh, I see this all the time, and I'm a fairly junior player, so when you're really out there, you know, Rachel Notley, for example, as I mentioned in the piece, or Justin Trudeau, when you're quite well-known, famous, um, the, the, the death threats and the abuse and the, and the intimate lies that are told is quite staggering. A, a friend of mine, uh, well, I mean, famous, Stephen Fry, Stephen's one of the kindest men you could ever meet. He came, he's come off Twitter twice now. Mm-hmm. The last time he came off Twitter was over something which he did nothing wrong. He just made a joke at a public event to a friend of his, and suddenly the social media turned on him, and, and he just said, well, you know, bother it. <laughs> I'll just come off. It's not worth the hassle of all, all this nastiness. And, but in politics, it, I believe it is far worse it, from the right than the left. Mm-hmm. And I have no illusions. People on the far left can be appalling. But I think on the right, it's become part of the mainstream. It's not just right wing lunatics. It's hit the mainstream. And I see this all the time. People who are in the center of conservative movements become very abusive and dishonest. And they're trying to change the subject and stop people on the moderate left debating issues, defending their ideas. I think it's very concerted. What about the moderate right? You made a point right at the very end of your article there. And, and I thought it... it 
it spoke volumes, I think. is, And I'm one of those people who I, I consider myself moderate right. I'm a fiscal conservative, and yet I'm also a, a social libertarian. It, this is a challenge because you, on one side, you're being flipped on as being a, a liberal. And on the other side, you're being grouped in with these really vicious people. Well, I think the moderate right, if you think of the party, the conservative party of, of Brown Mulroney and Joe Clark and Tim Campbell, I, I think that's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tim Campbell is someone who's quite active on social media. Um, I don't think they have a party any longer. The, the, the conservative movement in this country, it's a federal conservative party. It's Doug Ford in Ontario, uh, you know, Jason Kenney in Alberta. This is pretty hardline stuff. And so red Toryism really doesn't have a voice. And, and the right in Canada is heavily influenced by Donald Trump in the U.S. and by the Brexit crowd in the U.K., the alt-right, uh, and people like rebel media. Now, I'm not saying everybody, everybody who's a conservative is, um, you know, is a racist or a homophobe. I mean, it's simply not true. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they're more comfortable in being angry and vicious on social media than they would have been in the past. And those who aren't, and there are many who don't want to act like that and don't feel like that, but they don't speak out. And they feel that this is not their game anymore, so they just don't take part in it. And um, I, I speak from experience here, that because if you looked at me you know, six, seven years ago and earlier, I was very much on the right. Mm-hmm. And I, so I've seen how both left and right operate, and I am convinced that it, this is much more an issue of the right now than it is the left. What would you say about those who hide behind the idea that, hey, it's free speech, I can say whatever I want, even if it is on social media? it is free speech and you can say to a degree what you want it's not whether you can it's whether you should and uh, if somebody feels that they have a, a moral right to accuse someone of being a child abuser in my case several times people have called me a pedophile and it's so outrageous it, you know, it doesn't really matter very much but, but other lies have been told and sometimes you can't actually respond if someone just says this happened then you can't prove it didn't um, you know, it can damage you in a way. I mean, not particularly, but um, yes, people can say what they want. Uh, there are certain laws that protect you, but on Twitter, it's quite difficult to enforce those. Um, that's a very good question because it goes to the very heart of the issue. What does free speech really mean? Free speech is meant mm. to be you're allowed to express ideas which may, may be controversial and provocative, not you're free to insult someone, degrade them, and attack their family. Michael Corrin is our guest. I've got a couple more questions for you, Michael. Hang on the line. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. How do we get the insults and the threats and even worse, out of our political discussions? Michael Corrin is our guest. He's written an op-ed talking about how he himself has been targeted by some of these. And it was just over the fact that somebody disagreed with him and the vitriol that comes with it. And it's ramped up even more. And so I, I beg this question of you, Michael, as we wrap up this, this interview. How do we fix this? What do we, what do we need to do to tame not just the far right, but also the far left to make sure that we are on this sort of, I'll call, I keep calling it my mission to civilize. Well, I think that's true. And certainly there are people on the hard left who don't want any discussion of ideas with which they disagree. I've seen this in the UK as well. But as I said, I do think that's the hard left, the far left. Mm-hmm. I don't, get that from the mainstream of the Liberal Party or the NDP, but I have, I mean, just today, 
uh, um, after my Sunday Star article ran, um, there was someone who's fairly prominent in the Conservative Party, and he, he wasn't abusive, but he said something that was just completely untrue. I mean, because I was very careful in the column to, to say that this was also an issue of the left, but total disregard for that. Just, again, a, a one-sided attack. So, and I, I think... Um, I would argue even the way that Andrew Scheer and Doug Ford, for example, are operating right now, I, I think it's dishonest. They're saying things that they're not completely true. Mm-hmm. They have to be fact-checked. Um, now, all politicians are capable of that, but in this case, I think it's, it's very noticeable. It's a very noticeable trend that I think a lot of people are paying attention to, and certainly I think it's it's disenfranchising a few people from entering the political sphere, whether it be as a politician or even as a supporter, because they don't want to subject themselves to that kind of vitriol. I think that's probably true, and that's very sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, I appreciate the time this afternoon. Thanks so much. Anytime, my pleasure. Thank you. One of the things that stuck out to me in that in his piece is he says last week on Twitter, a conservative activist and former school trustee wrote, quote, I've suspected Michael Corrin is a kitty diddler for some time. Just a suspicion, mind you. I'm not saying he is, but I wouldn't be surprised in the least if we end up reading about him in some sordid, wicked setting. And this is what is really bothered me is and this again, I am of the mind that both the far left and far right are to blame for this is the more lies they pass along, the more people tend to either, it's not even that they agree with it, but they entertain the notion that it might be true. And so lies become darned lies. But is anybody really noticing? Is anybody really taking it to task? I would argue the answer is no. And that's the challenge that is coming out of all of this is even, even from the Jason Kenny thing from over the weekend, where there's that that lingering doubt and so people are going to be like hey look over there and then on the on and then the defensive and and so you get away from the topics at hand i don't know how to fix it i really don't i wish that there was some magic formula to fix this whole issue so that we could get back to some sense of high road unfortunately i don't see that in the very near future scalger today on 770 chqr As you all know, I love a good story about compassion, not just for your fellow Calgarians, but in this case, also around the world. The University of Calgary making the medical technology they develop more accessible in countries that could otherwise not afford it. And this is an idea brought forward by student Asha Hollis, who joins us now on the program. Asha, greetings and thanks for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for having me. Take us back to the very beginning in this process and what prompted you to start kind of moving the ball forward on this particular issue? Um, I think global health problems are especially important to me since my mother came as a refugee from Sri Lanka uh, many years ago. And I've had the opportunity to travel back there and visit with my grandma and other family. And while they really witness some of the health challenges that people face that, you know, we are so fortunate not to have here in Canada. Um, and I really wanted to do something that could help those in Sri Lanka, but also in other countries that face similar or even uh, worse problems. Give us a little bit of an idea as to the amount of work that you've put into this project and what kind of a typical day in the life of Asha was like while trying to prepare some of these guidelines and the plans and, and things that you wanted to see come to fruition. 
Yeah, I actually really just would say this is a hugely collaborative effort. Um, so I'm currently a student at the University of Calgary. So this is something I started outside of my schoolwork. Um, and I brought this idea forward to the University of Calgary um, and to Innovate Calgary and had a very supportive team of University of Calgary faculty, as well as working um, with uh, Innovate Calgary and their uh, president, Dr. Wilson, um, and just had a lot of meetings with them. I've got to really work in an interdisciplinary capacity with um, a lot of different um, teams who work in medicine, in research, in law, and, and in business. Um, in terms of combining those different aspects to make this project possible, it's the, now this is all a set of values, and I'm wondering what are the what are these values that are now being uh, adopted by the university? Uh, great question. So these guidelines um, essentially help enable and encourage lower prices by ensuring uh, that university developed technologies or medical inventions um, are made affordable. Um, in low-income countries, including Sri Lanka. This is clearly a, a, an issue close to your heart. What does it mean to you to have this guideline, these guidelines accepted by the university and to have everything uh, go, I, I, I assume, according to plan? Uh, this is so, so exciting. I'm just thrilled the University of Calgary wants to make this commitment to global health. We're now the second university in Canada to do this. So it's a huge commitment by UC and Innovate Calgary. And um, just to give you an idea of the scale of the problem, the United Nations reports that over 10 million children around the world die every year from largely preventable diseases. And to me, this just really verifies the fact that this is something that is the right thing to do. And these guidelines offer a step in the right direction towards helping everybody achieve their own right to good health. Where do you see this going from here? Uh, honestly, now, right, we're trying to really help people become aware of that. So, you know, thank you so much for having me uh, to chat with you. Mm -hmm. um, and we're hoping that this is going to really have a long-term impact as all of the fantastic research that's done by U of C students and staff um, uh, comes forward. And hopefully some of that is commercialized and um, maybe made available to people in low-income countries through these new guidelines. It's a great idea and certainly something that's going to have a massive impact down the line, I'm sure. Asha, I appreciate the time this afternoon. Yeah, thank you so much. Asha Hollis is a student at the University of Calgary. And get this, a coming School of Medicine Bachelor of Health Sciences graduate in 2017, current master's student in the Leaders of Medicine program. I'd say that she's got a couple of things on the go, just one or two little things. So if you get if you think that you're busy, you might want to throw yourself in. And from what I understand, Ash is 23. So, you know, again, great, great idea. And it's a great thing to see. And one of the things that I, I like doing throughout the course of the show is, is highlighting some of the cool things that are happening uh, right in our own backyard. So if you've got a great story to tell, an inspiring Calgarian that you want to shed a light on, by all means, hit me up on Twitter at Calgary Today. Or, of course, you can email me. Uh, all the details on how to contact me are on our website, 770chqr.ca. That is also the place to go uh, if you want to check out the podcast. If you missed the show... I don't do enough of the promote, uh, shameless self-promotion part, but if you're a, a liker of podcasts or if you miss a show, you want to listen to it on your drive home in the morning or whatever the case may be, by all means, you can go to wherever you download your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, same as iTunes, uh, Google Play, you name it. We're there. Just search Calgary today and you'll be able to get that there. So uh, that is where you're going to be able to find that interview with Asha Hollis as well. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. 
Just want to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the Calgary Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll chat with you soon. Thank you.